It is a rather watershed day for the great state of Mississippi. But first and foremost, we got to just let you know, folks, we need you to come down to Mississippi Blood Services. Just takes 30 minutes or so. It's painless. They take care of you. The staff is fantastic. Donate blood. Do it. Do it in the name of, in the memory of the great J.T. Williamson himself, who said, you don't understand how critical is the need for blood and how valuable it is to life until you're on the other side of the bag. I'll never forget that. But joining us now down here at Mississippi Blood Services is our good friend Aaron Rice with the Mississippi Justice Institute. Uh, good to see you, Aaron. Always a pleasure having you on Middays. What a day it is. It is a day. Thanks for having me, Gerard. You bet. So I see you got the entire it, opinion. It, it's, right? This is double-sided printed. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, listen, I couldn't even read the whole thing before coming on here today. It's, it's, it's got to be at least 140, 150 pages or so. But yeah, Jeez. Yeah, yeah. And, folks, if, uh, that are listening and not watching, it, the, uh, it's double-sided, but I'd say that's three-quarters of an inch yeah, thick or yeah, so? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It's, it's a thick opinion. Now, of course, that includes the dissents and the concurring opinions and all that so i did thankfully and i'd already read the draft opinion of course like everybody had so that helped i, I was able to speed through the main opinion noted a little bit of, a few differences there but nothing big and then uh kind of took a look you know sped read through the rest of it too yeah come on here today it uh you know you lawyers are kind of wordy and uh, <laughs> you're word people aren't that's you that's right that's right <laughs> i don't know if i ever shared this with you but uh, i was involved in i'm very fortunate to knock on a whole bunch of wood in my 33 year business career i only was a party in three lawsuits that's really pretty yeah, incredible pretty good. if pretty you think good. about it yeah uh an employee ex-employee yeah a competitor yeah and a customer yeah and all, all settled out of court, yeah. honestly. That's well, the, uh, the ex-employee, we got dropped from the suit, and it, it became a matter uh, uh, between the employee and the other employer. But nonetheless, what I remember about one of those cases real quick is that uh, we ended up uh, having to depose um, a psychiatrist, mm -hmm. okay? And the, uh, not a psychologist, yeah. an MD psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. And the psychiatrist was uh, uh, talking about obsessive compulsive disorder, which was at the heart, by the way, of this suit, mm -hmm. okay, with yeah. one of the parties. And he said that uh, lawyers were the most obsessive compulsive <laughs> people. He it. said, he, here's what he said anybody that brings a foot of paper in here and calls it a brief, there. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. I, I can't really argue. We are pretty obsessive. Oh, gosh. But here, here's what's been fascinating to me. Aaron, besides the opinion, which I don't know, is that, you know, I'm a simple person. It just seems pretty simple to me mm -hmm. that this is not a matter for federal law yeah. and, and that that, that uh, Roe, uh, which was federal law, of course, uh, is really inconsistent yeah. with the concept of federalism mm -hmm. in the Constitution. But it, the dissenters didn't seem to care about that. Yeah, they didn't. And, and like I said, I only was able to kind of speed through uh, uh, their dissent. But, yes, it, it is interesting. It's striking to see the difference between the majority opinion. It's kind of what, you know, we haven't seen in a long time that, that I would, I'm glad to see in a majority Supreme Court opinion, which is it's looking at the text and the history and, and really analyzing the Constitution. And the dissent just starts right off on the policy implications of today's opinion and how you know, kind of the, uh, just, just how terrible they view that. And, you know, they later, you know, try to slide into some, some new kind of uh, approaches to argue that this right to abortion has some kind of long history uh, in the U.S. that should be, you know, recognized under the Constitution. But 
but again, it's more of a policy argument than anything. And so it is interesting to see that contrast. Yeah, so, and that's what, uh, honestly, I've tried to, to focus on, even when I've interviewed uh, Lynn Fitch, our attorney general, uh, it, that this really isn't so much about what's, what's at the core of Roe, which is abortion itself. Exactly. Exactly. We've got to separate that from the Constitution yeah. and, and the original uh, vision of our founders, which was people need to govern themselves at state level, essentially. Absolutely. And I, I would add to that. I would put a caveat on that. So, first of all, the Constitution itself is neutral on the question of abortion. This is a, a case about who decides. It's not a question about Agreed. whether abortion is gotcha. good or bad or any of that. So the Constitution itself is neutral. I would say the majority opinion is neutral on the question of abortion. It's just, again, answering the question of who decides. Okay. I actually think the dissent is not neutral. The dissent Agreed. is trying to impose its view of uh, its philosophy of life and when it begins and all of that on the nation through a judicial opinion. So, but yes, the Constitution itself uh, is, is neutral on the question. And back to the dissent, I think that's what disturbs Americans about uh, how our courts have become activists because that really is more of an activist position yeah. as opposed to a legal position. Yeah. It's really, you're basically trying to say, uh, Justice dissenters here, that no, this really isn't a good thing for uh, certain people in the country, uh, therefore we got to uphold it. Well, that's yeah. not your job. No, it's absolutely not the job of the judiciary to be making law. And again, when you read through, as I've quickly you know, been able to kind of speed root through some of it, but you see in the dissent that that that's what they're primarily motivated by and concerned about is policy implications, which, again, just for the listeners, I mean, this doesn't settle anything about abortion. This just means that that now states are going to decide this question. We are all still going to have the ability to participate in the political process. Anybody who has a strong view of abortion is going to be able to participate in that process. Run for office if you want to or vote for somebody that, that shares your view. But this doesn't mean one way or the other what's going to happen. It just means where is it going to be decided and by who. And it, it feels like that that's been misrepresented, uh, misrepresented that, that the message has been, oh, my gosh, women won't be able to get abortions anywhere in this country anymore yeah, that's yeah. kind of been the the talking point it's yeah. not true that's not true that's exactly and, and there's been some other scaremongering mongering tactics that even made their way into the dissent in this opinion you know yeah, acting as if other rights are now going to be in jeopardy which is not the case but but yeah i do agree with you that it, it that seems to that message seems to have been uh intentionally misinterpreted the wall street journal this morning published an excellent map that uh basically depicts uh the the status by state mm -hmm. now that the Supreme Court has ended the so-called constitutional right to an abortion. And a constitutional right obviously means that it's protected in all states yeah. and that states can't, can't uh, conflict with it in their statute, and right? Some, some constitutional rights okay. are protected in all states through the 14th Amendment. I don't okay. want to get into the details, but that was the argument here was that, that there was a right to a, an abortion, to have an abortion, and that it, was, it did apply in all 50 states. And today's opinion, yes, says that's not the case. Okay. So when, when you look on the map here, just in Mississippi, for example, and they kind of categorize it across five categories, near total abortion, could soon ban nearly all, could revive unenforced ban, neither ban nor protected, and right to abortion protected, and Mississippi uh, falls into the category of could soon ban nearly all, and there's a footnote on that, meaning we don't really know yeah. uh, what we're going to do here in Mississippi, yeah. do we? Yeah, well, uh, we may have a trigger law. I think we do have a trigger okay. law, and I have not had a chance to look at it 
see what it, what exactly it's going to take us to. But that will obviously uh, the 15-week abortion ban has now been upheld. Okay. Um, and then which is present there, law, Mississippi. Yeah, right? that, well, that was present law. Now it doesn't have uh, the cloud of a judicial opinion over it that is enjoining its okay. enforcement. Gotcha. And then from here, I believe that uh, what will likely happen is the attorney general will need to certify that that this uh, today's opinion has indeed overruled Roe and Casey, which will then probably trigger uh, other laws we have on the books in okay. Mississippi. Okay. Well, it will be very interesting to see exactly what the reaction is across the 50 states. Exactly. I mean, we, we're obviously talking about Mississippi and what may happen here. we got Speaker coming on in a couple of segments to, to talk about uh, some initiatives he and his team have related to that. But I don't see how the left can say, well, they, they've completely, with this opinion, completely outlawed abortion. That's just not true. And that, that's, it bothers me. And I think there's a lot of people yeah. that believe that as well. It's, it's not true. And I think, though, you're exactly right about it. It's going to not only be interesting to see what happens in the 50 states, but I think this is a great moment to see federalism in action and how our country is actually supposed to operate. We've gotten away from this a lot. I think COVID kind of illustrated this to people a lot, too. I mean, if you're making big decisions that people are very divided about, like vaccine mandates and things like that, you don't want that decided at the federal level where, you know, the entire country has to abide by some rule that there are deeply, you know, deep divisions on. And that's what happened with abortion. I think back in, in the 70s and earlier, you know, we had gotten away from, from federalism, and I think we're getting back to it. And this is more the way our country was intended to operate, and I think it operates better this way, which is we can tone down, you know, some of these divisions if we bring the decisions closer to home. So, you know, in California, if they want to have you know, uh, very liberalized abortion laws. I'm sure they do want to have that, and they probably will have that here in Mississippi, where you know our citizens don't want that and have very different views on life. We may have more restrictive laws, but let's let those decisions be made, you know, closer to home. That's the way it's supposed to work. Uh, you, you can you hang around? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, good. We'll we'll talk some more, and then we got Speaker of the House Philip Gunn coming on at 12:37. And of course, we got Mississippi Blood Services Brittany will be on to to wrap up the show today. But right now, it's Aaron Rice with the Mississippi. Justice Institute. He's going to stay through the break. Stay with us. We are at Mississippi Blood Services today today because we need you to come out and give blood. But right now we're talking to Aaron Rice with the Mississippi Justice Institute. We've been uh, talking about this watershed day, really. Yeah. Transformational day. The um, Attorney General Lynn Fitch described it as a new era yeah. in America. I'd like to say, too, I mean, congrats to her and to everyone in the Attorney General's office. Great job. Particularly, um, I'd like to, to give a shout-out to Scott Stewart, the Solicitor General, and his team. I mean, they put a great legal brief together here. Uh, Scott uh, did a great oral argument. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a neat thing to see Mississippians making history. And to your point, um, yeah, not just a watershed day. I was talking with somebody on my way in here, and I, I told them it just felt like it was weird. You could you can feel the history being made today. You yeah. know, usually you feel like you kind of look back and realize the historical moments, yeah. but you can feel the history today as it happened. Well, as it was when it was upheld. Yeah, exactly. In 73, yeah. right? Yeah. But yeah, you know that, uh, that America is going to look different going forward, and, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, um, you know, we've... One of the things that gets tied into this conversation is that the dissenters and, and their supporters, the Roe supporters and Casey supporters, you know, act like constitutional uh, decisions should never be overruled under any circumstances. And, of course, 
you know, uh, stare decisis is important. You do give a lot of uh, weight to these decisions. Now, first of all, when the court is interpreting the Constitution, they're supposed to give the, the least amount of weight to prior decisions because right. they're supposed to get the Constitution right, you know. But, but regardless, uh, even important constitutional decisions do get overruled. And you, you can't envision the way America would look today if we had not done that, you know, overruled Plessy v. Ferguson and a lot of other decisions like that. So, you know, but today is one of those days that a, a, a longstanding uh, uh, constitutional uh, case from the Supreme Court has been overruled and, and America is going to look different going yeah. forward. No, no doubt about it. And we should, I think, take some comfort, Aaron, in the fact that our system worked. Yeah. Our system is working. It yeah. took some time, yeah. no doubt, and that's disappointing that it took time. And, and really, while obviously at the heart of this is is abortion, which uh, those of us who are pro-life oppose and, and believe is, is a heinous act, those who are pro-choice don't see it that way. That's fine. They have the right to that opinion. But as we did in the last segment, we should focus on the fact that this victory is as uh, important for the Constitution, for the law in this country, for the concept of federalism, uh, because at the end of the day, I'm not truly sure this has a, a marked and measurable impact on the number of abortions performed in this country, yeah. because while states such as Mississippi will be bu busy acting on this decision to perhaps further restrict abortion, some totally ban it, you got other states that are going to be busy codifying law yeah. that just opens it up and makes it even more accessible. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And of course, we haven't uh, been in this world before to see, you know, is there any effect on, you know, just your state not sanctioning it and maybe changing people's minds or things like that. Um, it will be interesting to see what the effect is. But I agree with you that the the primary, again, I said at the top of this interview, the this is really an opinion about who decides. That's, yeah. It's not about abortion. It's about who decides abortion. And so um, it's, it's really what this has done is made a structural change to government, which is a good change. You know? and, and one thing I noticed in the opinion, I believe it was a change from the leaked draft, but in the majority today, I, I, I think it was a change. But uh, the majority took head on the discussion of, of public opinion and whether that should sway the court. And you know that that you know uh, the strong views on either side, and and not wanting to look like the court caved to pressure, and and the court just said, look, it, our job is to interpret the Constitution. We can't let external factors affect that, which is really a little bit of a change. I mean, from especially you know we all know that Roberts is kind of uh, very concerned about the uh, the integrity of the court, you know, and the views of the court, and will try not to make any wild swings one way or the other because he's worried about that. And so I, I thought it was interesting to see the majority at addressing that head on and saying, we interpret the Constitution, period. That's what we're here to do. All right, from a legal perspective, is, is there a way that this opinion could make its way back to the Supreme Court and get and the overturning could be um, sustained or, yeah. or uh, what do you call it, stayed? Yeah, it, absolutely. I mean, it, it could certainly happen. So what you would see there is down the road, somebody in a state with a restriction on abortion that they don't agree with and they file a suit and they work it all the way back up to the U.S. Supreme Court and they address the question again. Now, okay. you know, the chances of that, as you saw here, uh, it took decades and decades uh, for Roe and Casey to be overruled, and, and the Supreme Court gets to decide what cases it's going to take. And so it's not just going to hear every challenge to an abortion uh, law or regulation in the states, you know, every single time there is a challenge. So 
you know, assuming that might could happen down the road, I imagine that that would be uh, very far down the road before that was ever taken up. Yeah, uh, but it would have to start as a case at, it at would. state it level, would. right? And you honestly, mean, you would have to have four opinion, four judge justices on the Supreme Court who voted to even take the case to begin with, and right. so because that's how it works. That's how it works, and yeah. so you're not going to get four justices who even want to take the case. Not today. Not today. Yeah. Or anytime soon. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Make, makes total sense. Uh, so right now, I think. And like I said, all the states are – we got bigger gun coming on to tell yeah. us what is being planned here in the state of Mississippi from yeah. a legislative uh, perspective. Yeah. So that's what's on tap. We got some other uh, – besides Roe, we got some other decisions yeah. still awaiting, right, still to come. You, yeah, I'm today. not even sure what's still outstanding, to be honest with you. I've been so focused on waiting to see this one. We've gotten some interesting ones that have come down. You know, there was the New York case that uh, you know the Supreme Court struck down. Uh, restrictions on concealed carry in New York, which was interesting. I mean, that that the restrictions there basically made it impossible to to carry a weapon in New York, and you had to show that you had a special reason to want to do so. And again, I mean, if you if if you kind of uh, applied that to other, and we're, again here we're talking about an enumerated right, the, the Second Amendment. Um, but if you applied that to other constitutional rights, uh, most people would would easily see how ridiculous it is to be able to, to have to show. You've got a special reason to need to exercise your, say, your free speech rights. I got you. So the court got rid of that. Um, there was also a case uh, under the Equal Protection Clause. The court said that if a state is going to allow public money to follow a student to certain schools, to private schools, they can't exclude religious schools from that. So basically they can't discriminate against a religious school and say, well, every other school can get public money right. that follows the student, but not you. Right. And, uh, and so, yeah, so we've that seen a, a big lot, one. That was a big one. So we've seen a lot of important decisions coming out this term. Uh, so we got that and uh, praying uh, the high school coach yeah right? oh that's right that, i did forget about that yeah uh uh that that was a big one yeah so you're, you're definitely seeing a uh, a a different supreme court you're seeing you know how important it is uh what the supreme court looks like and and i think a lot of people already understood that but uh for any who did not you're seeing it today and even those who did understand it i think maybe understanding it even more yeah uh, so that that's a big one as well. It's, it's been an active term, is yes, it not, for yeah. uh, for the Supreme Court? Let's see. I think I had a, another. There's a climate change case. Are you familiar yeah, with that? I'm one? not familiar with that one. It is. Uh, it's, it, it was one that was filed in West Virginia. West Virginia versus the EPA. Can yeah. the EPA require states to reduce carbon emissions oh, wow. to control global warming? Yeah, yeah. I, I, we're awaiting uh, the end of term Supreme Court decision on that. Yeah. Uh, we already talked about the access to abortion, uh, that which which is the Roe v. Wade, the prayer in public school, immigration asylum policy. Yeah. Hmm. That's another one, and that yeah. is Biden versus Texas. Yeah. Does the Biden administration have the power to end Trump's remain in Mexico policy? Wow, yeah, that's right. I, I, I knew that one was coming. And then also, you know, we've we've even had a case uh, that again the Mississippi Attorney General was involved in, and the Mississippi Justice Institute was involved in that got decided this term. That was the Biden vaccine mandate. You know, we filed a uh, legal challenge along with the attorney general's office yeah. to the OSHA vaccine mandates and and uh, the U.S. Supreme Court sided with us on that at least uh, preliminarily which was enough to get OSHA to take down their vaccine mandate so you've seen a lot of these particularly some of the ones you just went through the vaccine mandate we yeah. just talked about the yeah. uh, abortion case that we're talking about today a lot of these 
are who decides questions. You know, can the EPA force the states to do this? Can the Supreme Court force the states to have the, the abortion policy the Supreme Court wants them to? Can, yeah. you know, can OSHA make all the states have, uh, people in all the states have vaccine mandates or employers in all the states? And so a lot of these really are their structural questions, not necessarily about is a vaccine good or bad? Yeah. Is abortion good or bad? It's, it's who decides. Yeah. Do the states decide? Do the local governments decide? It just seems decide? like that's getting lost in the discussion. Yeah. It, we're we're focused too much, I, I guess, on the issue that's at hand that's rather right. than, than who decides that's the right. issue. Yeah, right? that's right. But I do think that we're seeing a good overall trend where – you know, a lot of the divisions, we all know how polarized the country is. Right. And I think a lot of that is because we've been asking our federal institutions to try to settle national debates for us, and they've proven incapable of doing that. And so we're finally getting back away from that. I totally agree. So I'll just end by saying uh, my confidence uh, in our systems, our structure of our mm -hmm. systems, to some degree was uh, affirmed today. Yeah. And, and I don't say restored because I've always had confidence, but it was just kind of validated today. Yeah, you, absolutely. Is that the kind of way you see it? I, I, I see it that way, and I've, I've been seeing it go this way for a while, and I've been very encouraged to see the Great. direction we're heading in. Yes. I am too. Aaron, appreciate you coming in and uh, joining us here at Mississippi Blood Services. We'll take a break. When we come back. we got Speaker of the House, Philip Gunn. Stay with us. <laughs> 